liberty lockdown please scan your barcode your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold where did it come from and where did it go it requires a fight not tweeting from your phone don't need a king get him off the fucking throne if you're riding with the thought you've always got a home the virus is scared of will come and it'll go the government knows this don't get treated like a hoe Good morning, Liberty Lockdown family. This is Clint Russell, your humble host. Isn't it a beautiful day to be unvaccinated? Oh, it feels so good. <laughs> I, I had to get that joke in before I bring in the doctor, because um, that may be politically incorrect to say, but it does feel good. Let's be honest. It feels pretty good. Uh, and the news is getting crazier and crazier. Um, I'm going to ask him a little bit about that, see, see what he's thinking. Um, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. You guys are going to enjoy this one. As you know, I have Dr. Ludapo on today. This is going to be fantastic. Cannot wait. But before I bring him on, let me just tell you quickly about some of the guys that I love out there. Brian. Brian McWilliams. You know him. He's hilarious. John Odermatt. Lions of Liberty is one of the greatest and longest running libertarian anarchist podcast networks in the world. On Monday, John Odermatt delivers a powerful mix of inspiration, health, and faith to set your mind, body, and soul free with Finding Freedom. And then every Wednesday, Brian McWilliams will make you laugh at our broken world while providing the promise of a better future with Mean Age Daydream. Friday includes shows like Meme Wars or Hate Watch or their famous libertarians in living rooms drinking liquor eps. Those are my favorite, just for the record. Lions of Liberty is the first step towards freedom. Listen today to the Lions of Liberty Network everywhere podcasts are found. Just search Lions of Liberty. And without further ado, the man of the hour... One of the only doctors that has earned my respect as opposed to losing it over the past three years, <laughs> Dr. Joseph Ladapo. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me, Clint. Absolutely. Uh, this is a conversation I've been looking forward to for a while. Um, let's start with this. Oh, excuse me. I forgot to mention the most important part. I'm such a such an unprofessional. <laughs> He's the author of Transcend Fear, a blueprint for mindful leadership in public health and also the Surgeon General of Florida, my Surgeon General, I can proudly say. I, uh, I migrated from California to Florida about a year ago. Um, well, let's start there. Let's go from the, the solution side of things, and then we'll work back towards the problem, go completely the flip of uh, how science usually works. Um, what, what have you concluded after the past three years in terms of how we might remedy what ails us? Oh, well, I, you know what? I think that one thing is that it, it's been these last few years have been a reminder of how important it is to do the best you can to take care of your personal health, because there's, you know, there's nothing more, um, there's really nothing more important if you can hold on to it than prevention in terms of just making yourself as healthy and strong as possible. And, you know, that's especially true because part of the reason, obviously, very clearly there was a, a component of of what happened was a successful uh, scaria campaign but even for people who weren't afraid who didn't fall victim to that having good health you know losing the extra pounds trying to be as nutritious as possible keeping your body moving that was a an important source of strength essentially an insurance company uh, an insurance policy mm -hmm. against bad government policies so you don't have to feel like you are 
at the beck and call of whatever Dr. Fauci's latest whim is in terms of the how many boosters, how many masks. I mean, the guy can't make up his mind that he's telling you to do because you know that you have, you know, you've got a lot of health already banked. So that yeah. that's one major thing. I mean, it, it really it, good health is great anyway, because you enjoy life more and you can do more. Uh, you can do more for the people around you. But boy, how important is it to just do as much as you can to just strengthen yourself as much as possible? I mean, that was one major, <laughs> major lesson. I'll stop there for now. Uh, but certainly other lessons too, but that that's one major lesson. Oh yeah, no, I think, and honestly, I think that's a good lesson regardless of a pandemic. I mean, we, we ought to all be uh, doing that, but I think a lot of people learned the hard way that if you're not taking care of your health and some new ailment comes around, well, you're going to be in trouble. So uh, no better time than now. Uh, why do you think it is that, that the medical establishment refused even to today uh, to really tell people that there are, steps that we can take to look after ourselves that could keep us out of the hospital, could keep us out of needing uh, emergency medical care, particularly when most of the justification for the harsh lockdowns and things of that nature was predicated on the fact that, well, we don't want the hospitals to get overran. Okay, well, then why aren't you telling people to get in shape? Why are you locking down the gyms? Why are you doing all of these things? Why are you shutting down the beaches in California? Like, it, none of this stuff makes sense. Even, I mean, in hindsight, it certainly doesn't make sense. But even in the moment, I don't think it made sense. So, do you have a thesis as to why that changed? Oh gosh, no, no. You're, you're. I mean, you're absolutely right. It, it made no sense from from multiple different avenues. Right. Like you said, it didn't make sense from a physical health perspective to tell people to basically stay at home, not get outside, not move around, not get sunshine. Didn't make any sense from an emotional and a spiritual perspective in terms of telling people to stay away from other people. Give me a break. You know, that's like you, you come out, you, we're in this world to be with each other. That doesn't mean that you can't be by yourself, too. But that's part of the point. <laughs> you, know, you can move to Mars if, if you just want to be be by yourself. And and we need each other I and mean, we need each other for good health. It's part of good health being around, you know, receiving sure. affection, showing affection to other people. All of that is part of good health. And you're absolutely right. It's really stunning that that experts in health, you know, really, it tells you they're not really experts in health. They're they're experts in providing medical care. We're we're preaching to people that they shouldn't they should stay away from doing things that were healthy. And not only that, but they weren't not only staying away from them, but there wasn't even any promotion of things that are healthy that we know make you healthier that make you make your immune system stronger so we had we had the mix of kind of the mix of all the bads coming together from my colleagues and i think i talk about some of the reasons why i think it's there there were multiple things going on and unfortunately these things succeeded in hypnotizing many of my colleagues one was certainly the trump factor i think in just terms of people trying to be on the other side. You know, Trump early on said that let's not let the, the cure be be worse than the illness. And so many of my colleagues are politically on the other end of the spectrum. So anything is we've all seen, it's always, it's like the go get Trump game. And that's been, that's been going on and preceded the pandemic. And, and that contributed another piece that contributed, frankly, 
just looking back at it is that I think, you know, I think that some of my colleagues felt really excited about being the center of attention, if you will, to being this resource that the world was looking to for answers in a time when many people were unfortunately afraid. And I think that that went to some people's heads, that that ego support and that ego stroking. And you can see evidence of that when people are just saying really crazy stuff that goes counter to what people should do. Like, for example, when there was preaching that it was okay from doctors, that it was okay to close playgrounds and that kids shouldn't be playing with each other. When the numbers clearly stated that that kids were at such low risk that the interventions that we were doing were, were actually undoubtedly a net harm to them. So I, I think that some people really did get sort of drunk or high on on the the attention and the, the feeling sure. of power. And then another piece, and I, I expand on this a, a good bit in my book, is something that I personally was was a, a victim of, if you will, which is vaccine religiosity. So there is indoctrination in the public health community and in medical schools about vaccines, and they're not treated like other medications. And they are medication; they're a drug. That that that's what they are. And but they are almost deified or worshipped. And we've certainly seen the effects of that, with how it just doesn't matter what it is, whether it's my high rates of relatively high rates of myocarditis or subclinical myocarditis in young people or even middle age and older people or other adverse events such as tinnitus effects on the ears neurological effects uh, other things I mean, these vaccines these mrna covid19 vaccines they their safety profile is so much worse than any other widely used vaccines but the band keeps marching on. It's like the data doesn't matter. So I think it is a combination of multiple factors and it's been unfortunate. And I hope that more people wake up and see what what's happening in the medical community. Preach. Uh, I do too. Uh, I think what's so bewildering is like, I can understand there were some good doctors, like uh, genuinely good doctors that, that got this wrong in the yeah. early stages of the rollout of the vaccines in particular. What I can't wrap my head around is having CDC or the higher levels of the federal government still sending out tweets in December saying, you know, the, the vaccine is available for five to 12 year olds. You got to go get it. And, and simultaneously, keep in mind, this was the same month that Dr. Robert Malone and Dr. Peter McCullough and uh, Jay Bhattacharya and all these other guys that like, obviously are pretty highly esteemed themselves they're coming out with reports about myocarditis and pericarditis and and uh you know excess mortality rates and things like that and you have these like these two things that are clashing simultaneously thank god because we finally have some level of open dialogue back on at least one social media platform but you have these two incredibly divergent views that are occurring simultaneously Uh, any any thoughts about all that yeah, it's it's a you're it is a, I mean it, I can imagine how it must be really difficult for people who are outside the medical community. So I I'm a obviously I'm a physician 
And I also spent extra time in medical school. I got a PhD in a research science field. I did nice. research for many years before you know, I was fortunate that the governor, fortunate enough to have the governor appoint me to the position of Surgeon General. I was I'm at University of Florida now and was previously a professor at, at UCLA. And so I'm, I'm very comfortable with, with finding the truth and what the truth is, even when everyone else is saying, no, 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 the kids have to get these mRNA jabs or, or the sky's <laughs> going to fall, right? And I'm like, no, you're, that's wrong. You're a little crazy. I don't know why, but we can talk about that later for now. <laughs> The kids, it's absolutely not. That is absolutely the wrong thing for the kids to do. And and but if you if you don't have all that training and and the research training and the and the clinical training, I could imagine how confusing it must be for for regular Americans who are seeing literally two diabolically diabolically opposing ideas. And like how right. one of them they can't both be right. Yeah. So so it is strange and I, I what i my sense is that i feel like in the in situations like this it's 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 one of the reasons that that we are gifted my god with intuition like really you know who has your interests in mind the people who are like first of all they look like they're more honest I and mean, they don't look like they're they actually they have the feeling of honesty right and secondly as opposed to salesmen a lot of risk right? right they're they're taking on i mean they're taking a lot of fire they're taking they're taking a lot of heat uh, like real real risk yeah and they are sticking with their truth mm -hmm. that's what's on one side and the other side you've got i mean for all it is so obvious to me and i get it that that everyone can't see this it is so obvious to me that people like Dr. Fauci, he's just a complete fraud when it comes to communication. His, his objective is not communication, it's manipulation. Mm -hmm. He has a goal in mind and the words that come out of his mouth are the words that are going, that he views as getting people to that goal. Like that is clearly, I mean, it is just written all over to him when he opens his mouth. But you know, but that we are gifted with with intuition, and I hope that people can see that. And I hope that you know that intuition is informed by all the flip flopping he's done, like all the just all the all the all the craziness, the the crazy math stuff, the crazy kid vaccine stuff, the crazy. Remember, I didn't have anything to do with lockdowns. <laughs> right. Seen these videos, I'm where right. he's like, he is the lockdown king. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, I just I hope I hope more and more people see him for in the public health space as the fraud he is. Well, I, I'm curious what it is about you that uh, enabled you to tell the truth. I mean, uh, I I could just credit it with your moral character and assume that you're a good person, but I have to ask if it's not, you know, working under uh, Governor DeSantis, it, did that enable you to be? more honest are there are there other surgeon generals in other states that probably would be more honest if they weren't operating probably at the jeopardy of their job uh, just honest question you don't have to answer it if you don't yeah, want no, it no yes you bet well absolutely so you know, governor DeSantis, he is he has a lot of i mean he has tremendous integrity integrity mm. so the 
the the fact that he has so much integrity makes it a very comfortable place for me to work because Mm -hmm. like i'm comfortable working in an environment with a guy who who doesn't feel a need to try and convince people that two plus two equals five two plus two can equal four even if that makes people uncomfortable or makes makes creates new questions and new new issues that need to now be addressed so that is I mean, nothing would be possible without that on on for me, just even but how can I even do any of that? How do I even get to a point where I'm doing stuff where that Governor DeSantis thinks, oh, yeah, this guy, this professor at UCLA, I like him to be part of my team. I talk more about that in uh, in my book, but I personally had I wasn't always like this in terms of my expression of my feelings and my expression of my ideas and my beliefs. Uh, but I had my own personal journey. I actually was actually very much the opposite. I was, a, I was um, because of a childhood traumatic experience I had when I was a little boy, I actually lived my life basically riddled with fear in a straitjacket, essentially. Wow. And, and in terms of my ability to to connect with other people emotionally express myself all that Mm. i literally i compared to what i'm doing now and being now i was like a little seed i had i had no power in this area and i describe it in my book i actually ended up i got married my problems that i thought were not problems were were, became very obvious that they were problems when i Mm. fell in love and got married and I worked on them and with counselors made about this much progress, like, kind of <laughs> and then, and not for lack of effort, just cause that's how I'm human beings tend to be wired. Sure. And eventually my wife got me to a guy named Christopher Maher, who was a guy, a very gifted healer in, in the Los Angeles Marina del Rey. And I worked with him for five days and it completely changed my life. We worked, uh, we worked together to, uh, he does a lot of physical stuff, physical manipulations, and basically it's going to sound crazy, but uh, the, the trauma, the stress, the anxiety, the fear, the self-doubt, the agitation, the irritation, all that stuff that we carry, where we carry around. We actually store it in our bodies. I know it sounds crazy, but we literally store it in our bodies. And through you know, five days of working with him, a lot of physical stuff, a lot of it very painful, very, very painful initially. I was actually able to get tremendous amounts of that stuff out of my body. And with that stuff out of the way, I became free to do stuff that aligned with whatever was going on in my heart and my mind and my soul. So that's how this thing started for me. It, it happened right before I worked with him, right before the beginning of the pandemic. And great timing. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we needed you. Um, yeah, that's, that's fascinating. And, you know, I, I, I really am wondering, well, I don't even know if you'll want to comment on this either, but there is a, a tremendous amount of anger right now towards the, medical establishment, um, tremendous concern about vaccine efficacy as well as safety, uh, you know, things that people, a lot of people weren't ever asking themselves historically. Like many of us had grown up receiving vaccines and we were just kind of all uh, accustomed to it and no one really ever questioned it. And then you had this this hard push and then these mandates, which 
for the record, was when I drew the line and I was like, okay, all right, if you're yeah. going to mandate anything goes in my body, now you're my enemy. Like that's yeah. not allowed. That's rape, yeah. <laughs> essentially. So um, do you think that there will be any penance paid? Do you think there will be any repercussions for the people that took us down this path? Um, I, I, a lot of people want to see it. So I'm just curious if you think that's even possible or are we just going to have to accept the fact that we were lied to and abused for three years and move on? You know, it's 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 such a it's such a such a great great question, a great thought. I I I actually what I what I wish for is that because the thing is right because it's not even about moving on; it's about creating something, you know, creating something better. It's mm-hmm. something that won't allow this kind of crap to happen again. Exactly. And, you know, when we do create that and i'm i'm i would bet my life that we will i think that's where we're eventually headed when we do create that those people that did all this crap are going to be irrelevant anyway so whether they're you know whether they're finally retired <laughs> you know whatever finally time with the grandkids or or they are you know, sort of paying for things that they did. And if they did things that were, you know, that were against the law, for example, I, I think that, that, you know, however that works out is however it's going to work out and it will unfold in some way. Mm-hmm. But the important piece is that we get to where we need to be. Sure. Where those people never even have a chance ever to, to do anything and to do any of this type of nonsense again. Yeah, well, that that's exactly my concern. It's like I, I'm not the vindictive type in that I want them to pay a price because they screwed up the world, which they did. Um, mm-hmm. But moreover, that I want a a structure where this can't happen again. And I think that, you know, Dr. Robert Malone has been saying that repeatedly over the past week. I had him on my show about a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there he was obviously uh, kind of foundational in the in the technology that went into the mRNA uh, vaccines. Um, well, let, let me, let me, we don't have much yeah. time left. So let me, let me ask you this. Uh, he's a, he's a, he has, I, I, I totally, it's interesting to hear you say what he's said about it. And it's, it's definitely been, it's definitely been a gift to have his expertise as one of the voices Big during time. this pandemic. Yeah. Well, and then Dr. Peter McCullough may be the best cardiologist living today. And he was deplatformed from everywhere as he's warning about heart issues from the vaccines. I mean, this is so insane and so Orwellian, like it's hard to hard to wrap your head around. But um, I did want to ask you briefly, and and this may not be your expertise, but uh, I think that people would be curious to hear your opinion on it. Uh, A lot of people think that the spike protein from the mRNA injections is ultimately able to get into the entire body and including the brain and, and ultimately that it continues to, I guess, I don't know if reproduce or duplicate or whatever the uh, terminology is. And that's why you are having um, such an uptick in heart attacks. And you've seen obviously the videos, there's been videos of newscasters and athletes and all sorts of people that are, that seem to be, be dropping with heart issues that are young, healthy people. And a lot of people are very nervous about it. Do you think they should be? Do you think we should not? Like, are we fear mongering to talk about it? I I don't want to do that either. But at the same time, no. I don't want to ignore these things. So I'm no, curious no. what you think. No, we're definitely not fear mongering to be to be talking about it. I, I, I think and and it, it's it's uh, it, 
it is important to have truth and be truthful. And sometimes the truth is not, is unfortunate. Sometimes the truth is unfortunate, but we got to be truthful anyway. And the data so far, it, it, it actually, it pains me to say this. There are questions that like, for example, how long does the spike protein stay in the body and and where is it where where is it where is it being distributed Mm -hmm. those questions it's it is it is apparent that we are asking those questions this far along we don't have answers to those questions because of all the all of the politics and propaganda around the pandemic those are essential questions recently there was a study that was published in a great cardiology journal named Circulation, and just Dr. McCullough is—he's a friend of mine. I love him. He's oh, a, he is he's okay, an cool, an angel. So he, so this the study was that was published in Circulation was out of Boston. Basically, researchers looked at cases of myocarditis that came in. I think they were at MGH in the Brigham hospitals and I, I trained in Boston and I did some of my clinical rotations there. So what they did was they drew blood from patients with myocarditis after mRNA COVID-19 vaccines and they drew blood out of patients who did not have myocarditis after mRNA COVID-19 vaccines, healthy volunteers. Mm-hmm. And what they found was that in the people who had myocarditis, they had elevated levels of spike protein circulating in their in their bodies in their bloodstream whereas that was not found in for for a prolonged period of time whereas that was not found in the healthy volunteers that's not that's not a definitive study but it is clearly a concerning study and it is uh, a difference that was unlikely to be due to chance. I mean, it just it was just too different in terms yeah. of the the promulgation of the spike protein. That's a pretty strong be, correlation. I don't know exactly. If, you know. So so there are. I think we we will. I anticipate that we will see more research. I, one of the good things about when people do that type of research, people are very afraid right now. I, I'm sure people have done studies that they haven't even published because they're just. They don't want to. They don't want to fail. Face the blowback or wow. be, you know, labeled. I, I, I'm sure there is data sitting there that people yeah. don't want to release. But one of the good things, one of the blessings, when someone does get a study like do a study like this, is that it makes it. It, it makes some other people who were might be on the margins have a little bit more courage, or it just helps them reach the threshold to publish their own work. So I anticipate we'll be seeing more. It is very interesting that there's persistence of, of essentially after effects of these mRNA COVID-19 vaccines in people with myocarditis based on this study. And I, I, I do I suspect that it's 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 probably just the tip of the iceberg. The the inflammatory and the inflammatory changes associated with these mRNA COVID-19 vaccines are uh, from are just based on the limited information, limited studies have been done. They're just unlike anything else. I mean, these are very, 
very reactogenic vaccines. These are not vaccines that I would consider safe. Yeah. Well, and, and as you said, your your friend, Dr. McCullough, is he's calling for them to be recalled or, or yeah. to be stopped, you know, paused, frozen, whatever. Um, why is there is there any thesis as to why it would be? You said there was like floating mRNA or spike proteins that were in the people that showed uh, myocarditis, whereas yeah. it wasn't in others, but they were both vaccinated, correct? Yeah. That's so right. what, why would it not be elevated in everybody? Do you know why some people are not having that? Is it the location of the vaccine? Is it the, the, the type of vaccine, the dosage? Like, do you have any idea why that would be the case? Three words. I don't know. Okay. I do not know why it is that some people... And we see this in 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 just reality too. There's some people who seem to have no apparent adverse events uh, effects from these vaccines, and there are other people who they've clearly whose lives they've clearly devastated. Right. And their concerns. I've I've read the scientific concerns from scientists and, and published that that they're just. There's, there's just concerns that they are, they may be in some people eliciting an autoimmune type reaction, an autoimmune process. Yep. And that going, that feeds back into just how autoimmunity and immunity work in the first place. And those processes tend to be complex and they tend to be variable with different people having different propensities for developing different autoimmune type of reactions. But, uh, you know, it it is, I certainly, I think based on even just the data that are available already, just in also V-Safe, people, CDC doesn't talk about it much, but V-Safe is their data, their their data collected from people who undergo these mRNA Mm -hmm. vaccines. The rates of of people, for example, seeking medical care after these vaccines, it's just abnormally high. These, it's it's really absurd that I'm I'm wondering when when is it that everyone will acknowledge that the emperor is not wearing clothes? These these vaccines, they are they are they are just they're just not safe vaccines. Well, I, I can't be much more clear than that. I. <sighs> <laughs> I, and and I think we're all wondering the same thing. I mean, I've been doing the show for three years now. I named it Liberty Lockdown because I I was opposed mm-hmm. to the lockdowns, and but because of the nature of the path I was on, I was constantly investigating efficacy and safety throughout. And mm-hmm. you know, the signs were there early, and and I think that the, it's just it's so evident that there was fraud involved in in the early trials with these vaccines in terms of disclosing the the side effects that. Pfizer and Moderna and these other guys knew about, and and ultimately they have a liability shield, uh, thanks to the Reagan administration in the eighties. And and I just I, I I fear that people will not get justice for the harm that's caused. And the reason this this is so personal to me is my stepfather had a heart attack, and and he was he was uh, you know in perfect health prior. I mean he's an older guy; he's in his sixties, but still he he was in perfect health, and then has a massive heart attack and then a few months later he has to have his spleen removed and and it's just like i can't help and and unfortunately he got two doses just because and he was opposed to the vaccine but he wanted to be able to travel in retirement so he he, and so many people did that they didn't really want to do it but they felt like well if i want to travel if i want to do x or y if i want to keep my job um 
just also sad. I don't, I don't know if you have any closing comments, but feel free. We're running out of time here. And um, just curious what you would say to the people that feel as if they may have been harmed by this process. Uh, honestly, man, it breaks my, it really breaks my heart. I, you know, I, I really just have my heart aches for them and I have, you know, I, I have tears for them. It's just, it's really sad to me that so many people have suffered from, from, uh, from these vaccines and sometimes these mRNA COVID-19 vaccines, and sometimes you know, you know, there are two things, right? There's one, there's the choice piece, and, and so many people were coerced into, into taking it. So there's that, there's an injury there. And then the second piece is just the fact that just as medical products, they're, they're just, they, they just have a really poor safety profile. And people, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, you're, you're sharing the story, your, your dad, and clearly how his life has, has changed. And I, I mean, so many people, right, you know, functioning great. And, you know, they take these mRNA COVID-19 vaccines. And in shortly thereafter, they develop some new condition that affects their ability to function in life. Yep. Uh, and sometimes quite se very severely. I mean, it, it's really sad the the suffering that uh, that they have that they that they've caused, and um, I just I just I guess what I would say is that um, you know, my heart is with you, and I know many other people their hearts are with you too. Your heart is clearly with them also, and we will continue to press this you know to the end. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, and I appreciate your your willingness and ability to to speak the truth during this period um i just i just searched your name on youtube and it's just a litany of hit pieces against you uh, i mean just people just people like going oh dr latipo won't won't answer whether or not he's gotten the vaccine he won't do this he won't do that like that's your whole search profile it's unbelievable and yeah, then yeah, when yeah. you realize that the fbi and the cdc were involved in you know, manipulating Twitter and Facebook, you can only assume that they're involved in manipulating Google search results as well as, as yeah, well as YouTube. Yeah. And you've essentially made yourself uh, an enemy of the state for just telling the truth during a pandemic. Can you imagine? But uh, <laughs> we need courage like that. And I, and I really appreciate uh, your work, your work ethic and your, uh, your principles, man. It, you've, you've made a difference in the world and it means a lot. Everybody go out and pick up his book, author of Transcend Fear, a blueprint for mindful leadership in public health. And he's also the Surgeon General of Florida. Can you believe it? Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thanks, man. Thanks so much. Clint. Real pleasure. God bless Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Have a good one. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. That was a blast. I had been looking forward to that one for a long time, and I'm glad we got to, to get to the bottom of many of these issues. Um, it's It's a crazy world. It's a crazy world, and we got a lot of a lot of digging to do, a lot of truth to be found, um, but I think ultimately we'll get there. And I hope that we find justice uh, for the people that have been injured in this process. And we'll see. We'll see. If you guys would like to support my work, go to libertylockdown.locals.com. On January 17th, I will be on TimCast IRL. Do not miss that. I'm sure some of you are wondering why you couldn't find this episode on YouTube. And if you weren't aware, my episode with James Lindsay got me suspended for a week. Because, well, first they said, check this out. So first they say that it's uh, like advocating violence. I send them a clip proving that James and I both, and Josie, I think, 
all said explicitly not to utilize violence, both for moral and tactical reasons. Don't do it. Yeah. Okay. So then they come back and they say, oh, well, actually it was for spreading dangerous conspiracy theories. Uh, to which I said, okay, can you tell me what? They respond, no. <laughs> they don't even tell you. So uh, I guess you can't talk about, I don't know. I don't even know what I did wrong, honestly, because I've talked about similar things on a litany of shows and never had a strike. So I think that uh, my personal opinion is that they're after James, that they are trying to deplatform him. And if they can get, you know, smaller shows like mine struck down, well, then maybe, you know, Tim Cast and others that are on YouTube will be like, all right, no more James Lindsay. And that's tragic because that guy is really digging deep. So the reason I'm telling you this lengthy story, sob story, is because this episode, as well as all of my episodes this week, including with Viva Fry, pretty big shows, will be exclusively on Rumble. So if you are missing the video version, hop over to Rumble. You'll be able to watch everything I'm doing there. Uh, I plan to put everything on Rumble from here on out because I do not think that I will be long for this earth on YouTube, sadly. Uh, I don't I don't think I say anything that crazy, but uh, I do tell way too much truth for their taste. <laughs> Scumbags. Uh, wanted to thank you guys for continuing to leave those five-star reviews. We got a couple more. Let me read them off real quick. Five stars, enough is enough. 29 says, first time, very nice. Fugu WV says five stars, unlocking what the regime wants hidden. Great mix of logical and practical information delivered in a straightforward manner. I even listen a normal speed not to miss anything. Well, that's high praise. If you're listening at normal speed, that must mean I'm I'm doing good. Princess Roxy says five stars. Great stuff. Transition my conservatarian stance to full libertarian. Well, that's really cool. I love hearing stuff like that. Um, welcome. Welcome to the squad. Welcome to the terrorist watch list. <laughs> uh, we're up to 528 five-star reviews over on Apple Podcasts. We got hundreds and hundreds of uh, five-star reviews over on Spotify. I can't thank you guys enough. It really does help with the algorithm. So if you continue to leave those once a month, this is what I do. I read off a few of them so that you guys can um, you know, feel like we're, we're all in this together. Because we are. Truth be told, we are. Uh, later today, I will be having on Alex Gladstein. He is incredible. Do not miss this episode. I don't know if I'm going to get it up tonight. If if not, it'll be up tomorrow. Uh, but he put together a piece which Guy Swan read on Bitcoin Audible, which just blew my mind. Very, very lengthy article. So if you don't want to hear all of it, that's fine. Just check out my, uh, my conversation with him. Uh, but what he establishes, I think, thoroughly is that the IMF and World Bank is utilized to both extract wealth from the rest of the world uh, but also to reimagine the world in their image, a la the WEF and all the worst people on the planet. So going to be a great conversation. I'm going to shut up, press publish, and go record that. I'll talk to you guys soon. Big shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. Appreciate y'all.
Welcome to Liberty Lockdown Please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone But yeah, it's on hold Where did it come from And where did it go It requires a fight Not tweet from your phone Don't need a king Get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought You've always got a home The virus you're scared of Will come and it'll go The government knows Just don't get treated like a hoe Like Nico and Shane You probably wonder what's happening Scared Hollywood Left these lyrical feppin' A typo with Luke Might bring the nooses We all bite the bullet I'm the king of the gooses Freckles and Brit Didn't know I could spit Knew I was a patriot But now I'm the shit Peter Quinones, invite me on Which podcaster sends custom songs Part of the problem, now I stand with the people Dave showed the way, but I am unequal Lions of Liberty, now hear me roar Beat running up, but I got a bit more Robbie the Fire, always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich, now I'm man of the house No malice for Nick, but you're welcome to quit I went over BLM with the fire I spit Friends against government just call us fags Copied the Cairo, put mummies in the bag Liable opinions get thrown on the ground Silky's Mouton was the only sound Getting so hot must be air July Screaming in the mic A rip for 59 Miles to ratio That black guns matter Now all these lefties Got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war But we're ready You know I be bopping And rock steady Liberty lockdown Please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone But yeah it's on hold Where did it come from And where did it go It requires a fight Not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king Get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought You've always got a home The virus you're scared of Will come and it'll go The government knows Just don't get treated like a hoe